0: You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. We preserve the history and sport of hunting through curious conversation and action-packed hunts, as well as offering you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast, episode number 145. 145 145 approaching 150 very quickly how's it going jake
1: oh you, i think you introduced me wrong on this one usually i get called big buck slayer but jake underscore gay, gay lord will do
0: i was listening
1: to, I, I,
0: I accidentally clicked on the podcast the other day on the apple app the apple app um and you came up <laughs> and the first thing you said you're like well can't be good looking and smart and kill You
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't have it all, you know. God had to humble you in some but way. But let me tell you, God got really close. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that reminds me of that meme. You remember that uh that wizard where he was like pouring a, uh, like magic out of a jar or something, he was like and just a dash of sexy oops and it's like a giant stream. <laughs> that would make it me best. if you guys didn't know. Well, uh, last this last week, we were talking about Kansas banning trail cameras, and there's some other controversial topics closer to home this week.
1: Oklahoma. So, oh dang, uh, it. you already ruined us. But say, how much closer can you get if we were just talking about a bordering state, Kansas? No,
0: no closer besides the home state, the motherland, mm. okay, Oklahoma. Yes where the ones come sweeping down the plains there is a some big news in the oklahoma land potential velvet buck season coming to oklahoma how did you learn about this jake where did you see it did i send it to you
1: you sent it to me yes yes now it seems like it's not you know like it seems like words getting around so there's 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 kind of a little bit of a controversy rolling around and usually we do controversy fairly well. Like we like talking about that type of stuff. So
0: that's true. We do enjoy talking about that stuff. And it was funny. The first time that I saw the, well, anyways, the first time I saw the velvet thing, I was like, awesome. That was my first thought was like, yeah, awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to be able to kill one in the summer now. But uh, so just to break the ice a little bit there, the it's not as far down the road as a lot of people probably think, Jake, give us the overview. What's the news? What's going on
1: with this? So, apparently, there is a Senate bill. It's called Senate Bill 910, and it aims to create a nine-day archery season for bucks in velvet that would start the Saturday morning prior to the last weekend of August and go to the Sunday evening the last weekend of August as well. So, basically, it would be a nine-day season, a velvet season, archery only. And uh it would be open to Oklahomans and a few out of as well.
0: So the breakdown was ninety percent not ninety percent residents, ten percent non residents, draw only, uh twenty twenty four season start. What else did we miss on there? Was there anything else?
1: Um <clears throat> That it would be just on private land for the first year, so there wouldn't be any public land access to this part, but it does – it would have the potential to be used on public land if – I assume if everything goes pretty smooth. So I will give a small shout-out
0: to Buck Ventures. We already have this podcast listed out on one of our ones to do. There's only so much news, so – they got to it before us, but I did. I do like Between the Brows podcast. I was listening to it today, um, and they were talking about how there were only there's only four other states, I believe, in the country that are currently doing a velvet season. Could you imagine the public lands in Oklahoma if it became the fifth
1: to do a velvet season? What would that look like for nine days? Holy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But the thing about this is, is like, do you know, like during the summer, whenever you go to check your cameras, you know, you have your, your, uh, like if it's on private, you have your corn feeder set out and you're just getting all those, you know, picks that are so, so consistently. And you know how many times we were like, man, if only we could just sneak out there one day and right try to, yeah. And try to poke one because of course they're daylighting now. And I guarantee you come October one they're going to be nocturnal as a bat. I don't know. I don't know what to co- compare it to, but you, you get the, the drift of it. But, uh, now that's kind of, that's kind of coming true. So, or it could p- potentially come true because again, this is just a bill. It still has to go through some more, uh, legislative processes that are way above my pay ground. Yeah. Way above my pra- pay grade. I don't know. What's your, what's your first initial thoughts of it? Like, I know you said that, uh, at first you were like, yay, but then it almost seemed like you were kind of hesitant on it. Why is that? I, so
0: I've thought about the pros and cons. My first initial thoughts on it was, this is awesome. Like selfishly, I have a really good piece of private land to hunt where I think I could kill a velvet buck I really do think I kill a really good velvet buck. And so I was like, if I was one of the lucky ones that drew this tag, it'd be about as confident as I possibly could be on shooting a velvet buck. Never shot one. Have always wanted to do velvet muley. Um, I I've actually kicked the idea with, uh, back and forth with you about like Tennessee velvet. They have a three day weekend. So I was like, man, there would be nothing better than shooting a deer early in Oklahoma during the velvet having one off the docket and that would give me free permission to go to other States and enjoy. Right. With like, I shot a deer on October one this year. It was amazing because I'm like, okay, now I can go hunt Kansas. No regrets. I don't have to be like, I'm leaving stuff good back at home. It just wasn't that way. That's, that's where my mind was initially.
1: It's funny because (laughs) this last, uh, this last season, the 2022 season. Yeah. uh, We were kind of joking because you shot your six by seven, your, your biggest buck of your life on october 1 which is like in, in the morning of, of october 1 too right so oh, 15 was, minutes after daylight yeah so it was like literally within the first hour and so we were joking we we're like well good luck killing one sooner than that yeah and then now you have the opportunity so that's pretty dang cool yeah they didn't give
0: a lot of details on like how what the breakdown was how many people are gonna draw ice it Initially it sounds really good right because it's I, it's going to be like a draw thing like just right. like the other over the or the other uh, draw opportunities in Oklahoma on some of the WMAs the turkey hunts the elk all that antelope, all that other stuff which is good cuz it's more revenue for the state and i think the initial interest from folks is going to be very very high. I think the residents are going to be really really excited about it. It does go against your 2 buck limit so it's not like an extra tag.
1: That's fine though. That's It's fine. awesome which which I think it's set up the right way and so that's why I feel like more people including myself is 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 kind of like for this because I mean if you could do things the wrong way like Kansas just did with their trail cameras or you can do things the right way which thank god Oklahoma is like if it's set up right now granted this could still completely go south if things get tweaked and changed and all that stuff but like with that being said like if they if they take steps in the right direction I think I think this can be a beautiful thing meaning like Keep it towards your two buck limit. And what would be really crazy is if like within this year they're like, hey, we're also going to move Oklahoma to a one buck state. That'd be pretty crazy. And so with both of those being into effect, how would you feel about that? Like in that scenario.
0: Now I'm sad. <laughs> you yeah, no, like, I mean
1: know, yeah, it'd be like you get your first buck, your first velvet buck, you're like, I'm done. It's summer in, in Oklahoma <laughs> though. But it's fine. Yeah. Like then you're like, well, you know, I still got I still got time to make a game plan if worst case. But I don't see that becoming an issue just because like why would they be opening up a velvet season if there wasn't like if there was not a strain on the resource, you know what I mean? Like if there was a strain, they would be like, okay, one buck limit, but with them being opening up this velvet season then you know obviously they're not straining so i doubt the one buck would happen it's probably one of my favorite things about the
0: proposed bill was the you're not adding to the strain of the resource by adding another buck because a lot of wmas when you hunt in oklahoma and you draw out for them they're like okay this is a bonus buck right like you can go and shoot a third buck and it's like kind of defeats the point we got this two buck limit right and we're giving you handed you another tag just because you're coming out in this area
1: is tennessee that way i do
0: not know i don't know i have not done any research in tennessee yeah but i didn't like i didn't necessarily like that but this is all on private land so it definitely makes sense like it's not like you're drawing out for this one management area that has a velvet season special right and there's only 75 permits it's not like that since it's on the private resource, I think it makes a lot of sense to go towards your limit. Do you know how many tags are going to give out for this? No. And that's one of the things that I think everybody's like waiting with their fingers crossed. Like what if they come out? They're like, all right, a thousand tags. It's like, Frick, there's a hundred thousand bow hunters in this state. And they're going to have a thousand tags.
1: Like, which that would make like, that would make it heavy, heavy on the preference points type thing. Right. Like where you'd have to wait probably multiple years to draw out. Obviously. Yeah. But would that, would that be a bad thing though?
0: I don't know. I mean, there's something mysterious about a velvet animal just because like, there's not a whole lot of opportunities to hunt them, especially in the South. So having a velvet animal, I, it'd be something I'd be willing to wait for. If it's something that I could right. do every five years, I'd be like, gosh, this is awesome. You know, this is my velvet year.
1: Yeah. So as a, as a resident, right. Cause you and I have been pretty, uh, religious on trying to apply for all those, uh, o- Oklahoma, draw hunts like the elk, the antelope, uh, all that good stuff. Do you think it's just going to be like, like just tacking on to that system where it's just $5 or do you think it's going to go up for the residents?
0: I don't know. I don't see a reason that they would raise it more than the $5. They're not included in that original, um, application process. So Oklahoma is pretty cool for a resident cause you pay five bucks and you can apply to all of them, right? It's the, the elk, the antelope, the deer, the Turkey, all of it. So it's a really good deal. Um, but, for a non resident, that was one of the things that was kicked back and forth is like, what's it gonna cost? If it is very limited, I bet it's if it's not, it should be a pretty penny.
1: So, so here here's my thing on that, because I know uh I listened to that portion of the Buck Ventures podcast as well where where they were talking about it. And I think Cole said, which we had Cole Cannon on the podcast not too long ago. Yep, he was saying that he thought it should be like kind of north of six hundred. Was that right? I think he said seven fifty or eight hundred yeah so i agree i agree on that somewhat like i think it should be elevated pretty significantly i don't know about that high because the thing is like and again this is another talking point too the season's only like nine days that's basically two weekends if you're a blue collar guy that you can come to and fro but with that being said you know also nine days is sometimes a lot if it was like a rifle tag or something, I'd be like nine days is too, too much, too much. But for being a bow tag and only on private or whatever, then, I mean, you have to, I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to kind of take that into in consideration when I think pricing the non-residence tag for that or entry entry fee.
0: One of the things to consider too on the the pricing is not only is it a short season, but I one of the first things that Cole said was like, I think a new state record is going to get killed. I think your odds. I think your odds of killing a deer in the last week of August versus the first week of October, where I hunt on non pressure public land would be like three X. Like I I think not even necessarily where I hunt, you could kill one October first on some of the places we get to hunt. But I really think those deer are extremely patternable. They have no pressure, especially on private. Think about (laughs) baiting. Like you can't go out on a bean field
1: in late October or late August and smoke one. Could you imagine like, like those, those deer that are out there being like, you know, like, Oh, you know, I still got fuzz on my antlers. Like I'm good. Nothing's hunting me right now. And then all of a sudden like, Oh, Timmy gets stroked and it's just just like, what, what is happening right now? That's yeah.
0: Yeah. The the deer are probably relaxing in the summer. And then after like two years of this, they'll be like, dude, we got it. As soon as you start growing, they start stroking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's. It's exciting. I I hope I hope it happens. I think they really thought through it when they thought about the implications of the bag limit, the strain on the resource, the private land at first, right? Think about if they would have came out and said, Hey, we're gonna have a nine day season, counts towards your bag limit, we're going public land. Everyone would be like, whoa. I think that would have halted a lot of people. There would have been probably a bucket of people that were extremely excited and then a bucket of people that were like, this is bull crap, here come more non residents.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Like obviously there's there's still times there's still time to like tweak everything. And so they could really, like we said before, they could really fudge some stuff up. But for the most part, like it as long as they keep on this on this path, like it's gonna be a beautiful thing for sure. Do you think you could get it done? On private? On on private? I mean, yeah, but but here's the thing, like on my private, it it almost feels like they don't they don't summer on my private. So it's just like one of those things like, you know, now you're really hoping and praying that, that that the neighbor doesn't draw out, which again on the flip side, you can still hurt your your uh your property in August, just the same as you could, you know, like opening weekend in October, you know, With you still run that. Yeah. That, that trophy buck out just as easily then somewhat, I guess. But then you'd have what August, September, you'd have all September for the cool down too. So I don't know. It's tough to say. What's
0: exciting. What would be exciting on some of the places I hunt is like, you could shoot a deer in August and opening day would be like, let's go. Like, yeah, you I mean, you really could you really could. Um, I don't really know how to work. One of the th- potential cons of it could be uh, the lease prices driven by a uh, demand from non-residents because now non-residents can't come and hunt it on public, right so any non residents gonna be hunting has to have a property on private over either permission or a lease.
1: so yeah, but how many people's gonna gonna buy now, granted, no i don't think that would work either how many people's going to buy a a lease for the non-res or just for that nine day season now granted i guess they could buy a over-the-counter tag regardless and just you know have that and have that lease so it, even if they draw out for that they'll be ready but yeah i guess that's true it could it could drive up stuff. so therefore your lease might might go up even more now it might <laughs> it might I mean, I could see that, though.
0: Like, think about it from a – if Oklahoma remains an over-the-counter state, you come, you get your lease, you draw out on a really good year, you're going to want to get a really good lease because of the velvet. Uh, and then, oh, by the way, you can also hunt for $300 more You can get two buck tags and six doe tags So for over-the-counter. Mm. So there's really, from a non-residence perspective, there's not a whole lot of extra burden if you just draw out for the – uh, the velvet season because you can just easily go over the counter and buy tax cheap if you have a lease. That's true. It'd be a great, honestly, from a non-residence perspective, there's not a lot. Like if you drew out for a Oklahoma velvet season, that would be, a, and you could find a lease it'd be a good deal for you. you yeah,
1: know, it would. It would. So I didn't ask you what, what do you think is a good price point for that then? Like, like for the non-resident velvet? I don't know. It's so sought after, right? I'm
0: I'm not a macro or a micro economist or whatever, but I did take some macro and microeconomics, supply C's and demand. get Degrees, seas get degrees. <laughs> um, they, there's going to be a lot of demand, right? Especially since it's a longer velvet season. Some other states have velvet weekends. This is literally like a, it's like a muzzleloader season. It's nine days, basically. So, it's a lot of opportunity in a great state, on a time where I think it's easier to kill a deer. They should be somewhat expensive. I don't know what exactly that means. Like, what stinks is when you're buying the tag, you're not getting to hunt the whole season based on that one special permit that you drew out, right? So I think that has to be in consideration. Like, for instance, when we draw for Kansas, we get to hunt the whole season in Kansas, not a nine-day period. So
1: if I don't know, three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks. It's I would think. I would think four 450, that's what I would think because it's like, it's like attainable, but also it's just like, you'll notice it's gone. You know what I mean?
0: It'll hurt, it'll hurt the bank account.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like, but like, because I don't know, because since it's, and the only reason I'm not saying, you know, like 550, like, like a Kansas tag is for the non-resident is just because it is that nine day season. You know what I mean? It's quick. That's quick. Yeah. So I think, I think four or 425 to 450, somewhere like, like in the four to 450 range, I think that would be like fair. That sounds fair.
0: You want it to be worth it for – well, the goal – one of the goals that they talked about in the News on Six article that I read was they were trying to attract non-residents to the state. Uh, so if they're trying to attract all these non-residents to the state, you want them to be able to cap- – the wildlife department to be able to capitalize and make some good money off of this season.
1: Yeah, but but uh I'm still kinda stuck on the price point because like think of the average Joe, right? Like how many times did did, did we go to Kansas, you think, to hunt? Throughout I know the you whole and season. Yeah, I know you and I went pretty frequently, like like
0: we went three times before November and then like a week in November.
1: Okay, so but four like times. For the, So for the average person okay, so I'll let you finish. How many days total?
0: Oh, in Kansas, we probably hunted including the late season too mm-hmm at 12
1: 13 12 and t- 12 or 13 days Probably. okay so for the average joe i don't think the like and i'm not saying we're above the average joe or anything like that i just think we we went a, a few went more a times than the average person would mm-hmm. so with that being said i think the average person might spend five days five to six days in kansas for their five hundred and fifty dollar tag that they use all season. I think most people are only gonna go five to seven days if that. So yeah. what's so what's the difference in the price point? So they have a nine day season. You could take your vacation then and go all all, all that. And so now I can kind of see like charging five fifty for that. You know what I mean? Like if you break it down like that. Yeah. I think did that makes sense at all or, or yeah but when I you have, have a that?
0: when you have a super long season, you give people the opportunity to like uh, to plan out the build vacations. their schedule around right? like they have people have families they have obligations right. like it's not like when you have it in august though it, it is one of those things that you can't have too much empathy because when you put in for the tag you knew when the hunt was that's you know true. what i mean it's not like you're like what august no idea no that's not gonna happen i don't know the price five dollars for residents i'll take that uh, absolutely but non-resident wise I don't know. It's got to be expensive cuz I feel like the when something's expensive you uh you hold it in a different regard. And I want it to be like a gym, right? That's a good point. Yeah, you want it. you want it to be something that's coveted. It's like people want
1: like So target. therefore, you know, they don't want to shoot like a, like like a 2-year-old because it's like, you know, that's going to might be a $500 2-year-old.
0: Yeah, or if you make it not a lot of non-residents like you there's 9 to 9 to 1 ratio. Uh, if it takes a while to draw out, then people are going to hire, hold it in a different regard too, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: true. That's true. So do you think people would scout different like for that season at all on their, on their private? Yeah. Like do you think they would try to do anything differently? Make sure the feeder's full,
0: right? Uh, (laughs) Obviously,
1: obviously. Yeah. Probably a food pattern.
0: I think that'd be, That'd probably be a good one. Like people would catch deer on beans in the ender or the ender, <laughs> the later part of the summer, the, the ender part of the summer. I think people would probably start. Uh, that'd be awesome to go out there and hunt food and see a ton of velvet bucks. Like imagine hunting to a bean field in late August and there's like five velvet bucks. Think about the bachelor groups that could come into that.
1: That's, that's what and I'm peace. saying. Those bachelor groups. I mean, they like it. They like, they like each other then, but some out if if they're listening to this, might not know, but like in August, it can still be like 93 degrees and or a hundred. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's still pretty hot. And let me tell you, we got our fair share of ticks and mosquitoes. Yeah. It's not going to so, be, you're going to be sweating. Yeah. It's not going to be walking the park. Like, because it's so like, it's going to suck in that, in that aspect. It's like, okay, now I got to, pick literally seed ticks off of me while I'm having a little bit of uh oh what's Carol say Famunda cheese.
0: <laughs> Famunda cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: your, booty gets, your booty gets hot basically. And uh yeah so that's in a way that's that's not going to be too fun, but I don't know. I don't know. Think about that's, this though.
0: Beautiful velvet horns. Those deer have the the reddish summer coat. That, that coat yeah. that helps to sport like disperse uh, moisture that would be beautiful on a mount like a summer coat freaking
1: velvet horns like that's a i Dude. see some of the
0: tennessee ones and they look awesome
1: that is that is true that is true so with that being said like i i think we asked oh what's that taxidermist name we had on the podcast not too long ago oh, i'm trying to remember uh sloan sloan craig craig sloan yeah. yes didn't we ask him about, like, like how to preserve velvet antlers? Yeah. Yeah, we did. And it, I, it was something – I think it was something with, like, salt water or whatever. That's that's something that it probably needs to be common knowledge sooner than later. Because for most people, like – especially Oklahomans, I mean, I know we're probably getting ahead of ourselves here. But, like, that's exciting. Like, now, granted, we probably won't have to worry about that near as much because for preserving them or, or, or whatnot – for the most part, I think he was talking about like that backcountry mule, uh, like velvet stuff. you are going to have hours upon hours before you can get it back to the tax service, and they can like I guess freeze dry them or however they do their thing. Yep. But uh, yeah. So I guess it won't be too too big of an issue because it'll be like kind of like a cut and paste thing. You can get it to your tax service pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's the good thing
1: is if you shoot one of those,
0: you're prepared and you can probably get there quickly. And if you're in a border state or even if you come from across the country, I I think you'd be able to get there quickly enough not to run those antlers.
1: Either that or, I mean, at least get ice on them pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I did want to read a
0: quote from – I think this is an Oklahoma senator, Senator Stevens. This is one of the motivations behind the bill itself, Bill 910. He he quoted and said, uh, Oklahoma's tourism industry would greatly benefit from introducing a velvet buck season as only a few states offer this season. Hunters from across the country will be looking to travel to our state to take part in the first season and many thereafter. You think Oklahoma's tourism would benefit? I think it would drive a lot of folks here. The issue is how many of that 10% how many's going to be in that.
1: See, that's that's the only thing that 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 really worries me about that is like what what is that 10% going to hold? Like is that is that 10% of 1000 tags? That 10% of 3000 you know what I mean? I think it to if he if they're
0: looking at it from the lens of it's going to greatly benefit the tourism industry, that's got to be a lot of people you know like cuz 100 people come into your state that's going to yeah. be in the thousands of dollars probably or tens of so, thousands of
1: dollars hear me out though what do you think they're going to do with this extra money i don't know they should get some more land is what they should do that's that's what i'm saying <laughs> is this going to be the next kansas where where people can walk up on on beautiful bean fields and stuff like that or what do you think they're going to do with it because if it's going to be great if it's going to greatly benefit then it's going to greatly benefit conservation in oklahoma so what are they going to put in for that
0: i don't know i think in the subsequent years when they start offering it on public land it would make a whole lot of sense that they're like hey we're bringing in these non-residents we're charging a premium for this coveted season and through that with that money we're going to either improve these wmas in these ways or we're going to buy more right i think the more people you bring in the more revenue in the more land you need to disperse those people upon right that's how i, I think about. i got an
1: idea i got an idea do exactly what you said, but sell call WMA. <laughs> sell that to to the lowest bidder. <laughs> sell it to Kansas. It's close enough to Kansas. We can just give you that. How about that? And we then could. Kansas, Kansas can make that work. And they're gonna be like, oh, we'll whip you into shape really quick. And then sooner or later it's like, okay, we want it back now. Once they get it to a good point. Exactly. So that's that's basically my management plan. And so vote for me on your next city council. World War Three. Up at up <laughs> it Call. <laughs> it is though, dude. That that place is great for big hunting.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's very good for pig hunting. So uh do you think deer we were talking about this before the podcast and we had to cut ourselves off so we wouldn't break it mm. talk too deep about it. Do you think deer are bigger antler have a bigger antlers in the velvet?
1: Inches I wise. S- yeah. I said I I think so, and from what we were talking about earlier, I said because just the way my mind thinks. So, so take this with the grain of salt. This is not this is not any part fact. Okay, this is just my bro science. Yes, my bro science. So my my thinking is, I think a hardhorn buck and a velvet buck, the velvet buck would on that same deer would have about ten inches bigger. Score wise, so it would add on ten inches from a velvet rack than it would on a hardhorn rack, and because of and the reason why is because I think when the antlers are full of blood, it's kind of swelled up a little bit, and which would add like maybe an eighth, you know, four eighths inches here or there, you know, because you got you got to take the four mass measurements and then you know probably a little bit on top of each tine, and so when it's all said and done i think like like the average like mainframe eight or ten would probably add around around 10 inches
0: the hunter's advantage podcast is powered by out on a limb manufacturing out on a limb is a family-owned company based right here in oklahoma that makes tree stands saddle platforms
1: climbing sticks and so much more christian i have a quick question what's that what might sound harder a hippo or an alligator No idea. It's a trick question. The Ridge Runner 2.0 bites harder than both of them, but all jokes aside, we use these products all across the land on public or private. These help us get into any tree we want and hunt where the deer actually are.
0: Most men go to the grocery store for their meat, but these products help you go to God's grocery store. I have used the Out on a Limb Ridge Runner 2.0 and the Shakar Sticks for the last few years hunting public land bucks, and I've actually shot several bucks out of this setup. If you wanna support the podcast and get some Out on a Limb equipment, make sure to go to Out on a mfg.com and use code H-N-T-A-10 for 10% off at checkout. Once again, if you wanna support the podcast, Go to outonalimmfg.com and use code HNTA10 at checkout for 10% off. Now let's get back to the podcast.
1: And the only reason I say I think it swells a little bit when when there's like, you know, blood in there during the, the, the summer would be just because think about when you shoot a deer that is hard horned, right? Well, before you can officially score it, it has to have that drying period. And we all see a little bit of shrinkage on that. So you would think that from a velvet to the hard horn stage, it would almost somewhat multiply just from the extent of the drying, like like how it dries. Yeah. So like that's, that's my thinking now I'm sure there's someone on here that actually knows what the heck's going on. And if you're listening to this and I'm completely wrong, I'm sorry, but that's, that, that's just my thinking.
0: I agree with you. Cause like w- you look at velvet pictures throughout the summer and you're like, okay, that looks like a monster. Like the, I remember That's saying, yeah, looking at summer pictures with Justin sometimes as a kid and just being like, Oh my God, that deer looks 160 inches. And then you look at it, it's like a 135 inch eight. And you're like, huh? Like they look so much smaller in the, without the velvet on. And I think where you would get your biggest inch, inches gained in the velvet would be your mass measurements. Like yeah, I really, I, so. I really think so because you're going to get a lot of them. You're going to get eight of them. You, you see like, it almost looks like most deer that are mature in the summer. It looks like they have baseball bat antlers with velvet, you know, because it looks so much wider than normal. And you got to think too, like you said, on each point, maybe gain an eighth or a couple eights that velvet sits like a sheath on a, a sheath on a knife. Like it just sits over like a covering. Well, that's gonna make it longer immediately. Cause that's, it has to sit on top of the fully formed bone. Cause in late August, it's probably gonna be fully developed. So it's just sitting on top probably of it at that sure. point. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And we thought about I remember when we saw the six by seven last summer, like we were like, Oh, that's a high fifties, low sixties type deer. Granted, we were excited, but it probably now the more I think about it, it probably was a one fifties in the summer. I think it, yeah, very easily could have been, yeah. And then they strip all that off, and you lose a half-inch here, a half-inch there, an eighth here, two-eighths there. That stuff adds up on a it lot does of add points. Up pretty quick. So that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And with that, it makes me think that there's going to be some monsters killed in the velvet. Some monsters. Because you think about a 170-inch deer or 180-inch deer, that might add more than 10 inches.
1: That is, I mean, yeah, the more points, obviously, like, like the more aids and, and, and stuff kind of like what you said, but I don't know, man. Like, I know, I know on the, on the Buck Ventures podcast, I know we keep referring to that, but that's because we listened to it because obviously we were planning on doing this, but then we're like, oh, they come out with the first. So we got to listen, see what they talk about, that sort of thing. But like, he, did you already touch on that, that he said that there could have been a state record killed or there could be a state record
0: Yeah, that's, that's what he said.
1: Yeah. What are your thoughts and on that? I don't know. I don't know. I I can see kind of kind of what you're getting at it's like like you know, like they're obviously bigger in velvet and stuff, but I don't know if that makes them, you know, that means there is going to be a state record killed, you know, because is the first couple of years probably the best time like the start of this Velvet season, it being open so early. I think within the first couple of years, that's th- that would be the time for an older deer like that to to uh, slip up because they're like, hey, I kind of know like that that mental clock they have inside their heads. Because it seems like, dude, I feel like you and I and everybody else that could potentially be listening to this know. Like, it seems like deer know. Deer know. They have a mental clock inside their heads that it's just like, summer, they're going to be daylighting, they're going to be You know, on your field, walking by your trail camera, broad daylight, and and, you know, you're getting all excited during late summer. You're like, here we go. October 1st rolls around. If he keeps doing the same thing, it's going to be a very early season success for me. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, October 1st rolls around and he's nowhere to be found. They, I guarantee you, almost everybody has that experience and they know. They know. So with this being, you know, brand new and those bigger mature, you know, monarchs walking around, they think they got time. Their mental clock hasn't, hasn't uh, struck 12 yet. So my thinking is, is like within the first couple of years, yeah, like there could be a state record killed, but anything past that, you know, then they're going to, they're going to learn pretty quick.
0: I agree. But I do think that, we know as they start to shed their velvet, testosterone levels are, stri- are spiking, and that's why they're starting to shed it off. That's what triggers them. That's what makes them disperse right at the end of the summer because they can no longer be around each other because they're about to throw some hands. Well, my thoughts are the reason an j- absolute monster could get killed in the first couple years or in the summer is all those bucks are so con- like conjugated together. Like you could go into one spot and you're going to see the majority of your bucks at a good feed, a food source. Whereas in the summer or in the fall, they're going to be, one's going to be over here. One's going to be over there. One's going to be half a mile away, three quarters of a mile that way. In the summer, it's almost like you're putting them all together in one small spot. If you have a good feed source on a private land, that's not pressured. And my thoughts are that's going to help a lot.
1: So I agree with that, but I want to, I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate on this. And I want you to answer this. But if they're all bachelored up, that might be, that might mean, you know, that's just another set of eyes to see you. That's another set of nostrils to smell you. That's another set of ears to hear you. Because we've all been around those doe groups that, you know, there's like, you know, like two nanny does. And then like two of the last year's offspring, you know, they're, they've they kind of grown up taking the mom's God awful stomping capabilities whenever they kind of wind you or something that's like and so when you try to draw back on that big nanny you know that you have all those eyes that are just don't seem to stop looking around like yeah, they had schizophrenia or whatever so you, you think bucks are kind of w- would be kind of like that same way especially when they're bachelored up now i i know like bucks are kind of somewhat more mellow but you know what i mean like there's just you got a whole new set of challenges right there if they're all grouped together yeah. I, the,
0: it's, it's not going to be like shooting fish out of a barrel. Right. Probably We're probably making it sound a little bit too easy, um, but there's always that chance. Like you're right. I would, if you asked me my dream scenario on shooting a big buck, I'd say strolling in by himself. That yeah. would be with no does around, no other deer around. That would be my dream scenario. So I guess if you're keeping all those other bucks around in the summer, it could be a problem, but it's a problem I'm willing to fight. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a good a, problem to have. I'm against. a warrior. I'll do it. <laughs> Inevitably, you're going to see it on Facebook, dude. Some guy's going to smoke a giant on public and be like, got my velvet. You Let's think go. so? <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> Damn it, Billy. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it. Because every year, somebody I see on Facebook, these Facebook hunting groups where somebody tells on them themselves <laughs> and people are in the comments like, you should probably delete this, bud, <laughs> then it's gone. <laughs> Somebody's going to go in public and shoot
1: a giant and be like, oops. Misunderstood. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe. They kept it You always simple. have those people. You do. It's like family. You know, you, you can't
0: pick them. You can't pick them. I think to sum it up, Oklahoma did a great job on keeping it simple. So far. They, So far, they're going to come out with the next rev of this, and it's going to be like, all right, you could take two bucks. Doesn't count towards your bag limit. Ninety percent non-residents, ten percent, and we're going to be like, dude, it's free, it's free. (laughs) Actually, we're going to tax the residents to pay for you
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, they're just following Kansas model, you know. Like, I think, I think that's why we're kind of iffy about it, to be honest. Like, like this is honestly a great thing, but it seems a little too good to be true, but. I think that's due to the whole Kansas situation. It's just like why they bait trail cameras. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I hope that uh, our senator, Senator Stevens, that was talking a big game. I hope he is sees it. Stevens it to the or Steffens? I can't read if that's Steffens. <laughs> <laughs> is that not Stevens? How's it spelled? Ph it P- can Ph is a V too. It sounds like a V, but not the I before E. There's not an eye. <laughs> You're just trying to use random grammatical facts to make me sound stupid.
1: Just trying to make you sound photosynthesis, is all.
0: Now you got me now. You got me paranoid. You Googling it? Yeah. <laughs> How is Steven with PH spelled? That's Stephen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Senator Stephens. <laughs> uh, hey. I don't know. That didn't sound right to me. Neither does it's Gaylord, but
1: hey, that's my last name. That's true. Neither just Babcock. <laughs> I blessed. remember I remember uh when we first started doing TikToks, like one of the comments that I'll never forget, It had like 20 likes and and the dude just had a whole bunch of laughy faces and he said he said, Are these actually these guys' last names or are they just trying to be funny? <laughs> Christian Babcock and Jake Gaylord. <laughs> And someone was like, No, that's actually their names. And I was like, Well that's funny. I was got, with it.
0: If we got Lauren on here with her maiden name, it'd be the trifecta. My wife's last name used to be Moorhead. <laughs> <laughs> Moorhead. And then she was probably like waiting to be saved by some knight in a shining tower. And then I come along and I'm like, I got Babcock's the best I can Why do. Why couldn't you be a damn Smith, you know? A I Johnson? Been, I could have been a Smith. I know. I wasn't blessed. Hey, like you said, though, God can't give us, he can't give it all. You got to pick and choose. And, you know, we don't have it like that. Anyways, guys, if you made it this far in the podcast and you put up with us, we do have a video version of the podcast that's out now. It's called Hunter's Advantage Podcast on YouTube. And if you want to see us uh, laugh, in real life you can go check out that one we post every ver- every version of the audio we post a video version on youtube it's really cool we need to get the subs up over there so go check that out really guess coming up we do we do got some good guests coming up i've been pulling my weight in the uh, guest booking department
1: so so just to give a little teaser i'm not going to name drop or anything like that because it very well could not work out but so far they're, they're both like yeah sounds great Next month, the month of April, probably mid-April, we're going to start this, and it's going to be Science Month. dear Science Month, baby. dear Science Month. And I think we're going to go over the eyesight, the old eardrums, and the old nose piece. Yep. And
0: one bonus episode from a special guest opening up the keynote.
1: Might be one of my favorite guests.
0: Yeah. One of the best dear scientists in the country i'll leave it at that go do your guessing go do your guessing and we're also going to have one of the best bow hunters on the planet on next week so we got some
1: great guests coming your way funny enough he was he was on this episode too was he (laughs) (laughs) he's been on every episode i'm just saying the best bow hunter i'm right here guys i'm right here (laughs) i'll be here next week week too (laughs) Yeah, so we got some good episodes coming up. Uh, what else we got for them, Jake? Any housekeeping notes? Uh, yeah, guys, if you didn't know already, we are partnered with Out on Limb Manufacturing. They're an Oklahoma based company. So basically, what I'm trying to say is now's the time to do your little spring cleaning, get all your gadgets in, in order. And what I'm trying to say is, you need any saddle equipment, platforms, camera arms, even trail cams you need those mounts for those things out on a limb makes them. And let me tell you, we've been using their stuff for a while, way before, way before any of this partnership stuff. And why is that? Because it's by far one of the lightest, if not the lightest thing on the market right now, platform wise. Also it's Oklahoma based company support local business, but beside the point, it's, it's, it's very good stuff. But if you guys happen to need something, and you're wanting, and you find something you like, use code HNTA10 for 10% off at checkout.
0: Anyways, thank you guys for checking out the podcast. We will catch you guys in the next episode. Jesus loves you. Bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Hunter's Advantage podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.